Welcome back to another episode of Ignite Agility. Christian Antoine and I will be talking about leadership today. Hello, Christian. Hello, Angela. <laughs> so let's get right into it. Uh, quite frankly, most of the, and I'm going to use air quotes, agile leadership problems that we are uh asked to solve or people raise in our classes or with our clients have absolutely positively nothing to do with Agile. Would you Correct. agree? Yep. What would you say they have to do with? People. <laughs> I, uh, I hate to tell people that, but I also like telling them that, you know, uh, pre-COVID, I was on the road consistently and it uh, doesn't matter where I trained and uh, the questions we get, it, it all deals with, you know, the people you're doing the work with. And when there's a lack of leadership, it, it can make it even harder. And it is people problems. It's not, not anything about Scrum or Agile. It's, uh, I sometimes joke that, you know, we're, we're not certified Scrum trainers, we're common sense trainers. But who would come to a two-day class for common sense? Because everybody thinks they have it. And if they were to have it, then we wouldn't have jobs because right. we wouldn't have anything to do. Right. And, uh, I had written a series called, Are You a Credible Agile Leader? Yeah. That we published on LinkedIn. and Recap that. A lot of it is, uh, is snarky, which, you know, I'm, I'm prone to. No. Well, there's no extra charge for telling the truth, you know. Yes. Um, and so these leaders, in my experience, have no credibility with the people in their organizations because they don't set the tone mm -hmm. and that's the leader's job. So a common problem we're seeing is scrum teams asking us as trainers or coaches, how do we come up with agile metrics? How do we come up with scrum metrics? Our leaders are pressuring us for metrics. And I'm like, that is the tail wagging the dog. Yep. What? It, you don't go to a personal trainer and say, I'm going to lose weight. And they go, okay, let's just start. And then four or five weeks into it, they go, oh, uh, show me your metrics. What? Yeah. You go to a personal trainer to lose weight. The first question they're going to ask you is how much weight? What's your goal? What's your goal? Why are you doing this? Goals and objectives are measurable. So they're going to ask you how much. And let's say, oh, it's 20 pounds. Get on the scale. Let's take a baseline. So I try to get leaders to understand before they ever utter the A word or the S word, that's Agile and Scrum, for those of you who are wondering <laughs> what not, those Not super for. high intensity training. <laughs> we do super high intensity training. Um, it, it has nothing to do with Agile or Scrum. Why is your company in business? Yeah. What problem are you trying to solve? What are you measuring? You should know what you're measuring before Agile, before Scrum. Because, and then you need to know that baseline, hey, step on the scale. You need to have a baseline measurement and then when you start working differently, because that's all it is, that's all the A word is, that's all the S word is, Scrum is just a different way to do the work. Agile is just a different way to do the work. So you start working that way. Now you can watch your baseline measurement. You can watch your baseline metric. Is that needle moving? Are you meeting goals and objectives? Are you right. not meeting goals and objectives? But what's scary to me is the number of people I flat out ask what problem are you trying to solve? Answer me without saying Agile or Scrum. Yeah. And they can't. <clears throat> yep. They can't. Exactly. 
And, you know, the other thing is even backing up before you say agile and scrum, it's, you know, is what we're doing working Mm -hmm. and what is working? You know, if, if they say it's working, working for who? Because do we have the right focus in mind? Are we talking about for us as workers or for us as departments or for customers, for market, whatever? And sometimes, and we've had this happen to where people said we need to be faster. What does that mean? Faster than what? And when you start to ask questions, uh, well, how fast are you in terms of the market? Well, actually, we're, we're kind of in the sweet spot. Well, who's telling you you're slow? Well, it was another department in their company telling them they needed to be faster. And I'm like, let's go talk to them. Mm-hmm. Let, let's see what their understanding is and why they're pressing for more speed if you're within the sweet spot of the industry. There could be a valid reason. However, before we go down the, the rabbit hole of, you know, inflicting change on everybody, which we all love, wink, wink, let's make sure that we're at least setting course on the right path. And, and the other cool thing is, is even if we are on the wrong path, you know, leaders are able to include or get input from those who are going to be impacted. If leaders go away and decide and come back and tell everybody we're going to be agile without understanding why, without involving those to say, here's the problem we're seeing and they're not getting better. Logic says, keep doing the same thing and you're going to get the same result. Well, and what does that even mean? Yeah. I mean, these leaders who are saying stupid things, and I will say stupid. I know we, we don't, don't like say to say stupid. stupid, but in my opinion, there's no other word that encapsulates it so nicely. It's so stupid when they say, we're going agile. Yeah. Well, where it, the hell are you going? Exactly. Where are you going? It's not a destination. And then somebody will ask that leader, going agile, what does that mean? Why are we doing this? Just start sprinting. Yeah. It's like everybody <clears throat> in the company's running with their heads cut off. They're sprinting. They have no idea if they're running a marathon or a 5K, they're, but they're running. Yeah. And then for the leader to come and ask them, well, well, where are your metrics? For what? Exactly. I mean, they don't get it. It's it's a different way of doing work. It's not a destination. It's And that, that only, for me, it really enforces the role of the coach, the scrum master, to A, help leaders understand, because there's leaders that really do want to do the right thing. And, but they don't know. So they might use old verbiage or they might do things that are actually anti-patterns to what we're trying to do. And that's on that coach to help those leaders understand that you're losing credit with the team when you do these things. If you're truly trying to solve these problems and we're okay with a different approach, then it's, it's up to us to understand this new approach or to help you understand this approach. Well, and part of that lack of credibility is completely subverting or misusing words. Yeah. Agile transformation. Okay, we understand that the word transformation means physical change. Okay, Mr. and Ms. Leader, how have you physically restructured? Right. Well, we haven't, but we're going agile. (laughs) What do you say? Behavioral change and structural change. Behavioral change and structural change. Behavioral change obviously understands we're changing the behaviors of what we do at work. Structure doesn't mean reorg. It means are we aligning by product? Right which some people might interpret that as reorg. Correct. But it's not intended to be the old, you know, reorg the entire organization because now we can physically point to a change. Look what we did. It's, it's actual structure of, are we aligned by our products? And that's, that's a discussion in and of itself. Product definition can get really tough for some companies to figure out what their product is. But transformation means change. Yep. And the old definition of insanity. Yep. Doing the same thing over and over again and, and, expecting a different result. So they can say we're going agile. They can say scrum, scrummy scrum. If they haven't aligned by product or they aren't doing the work differently, they're just rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. 
Absolutely. One of the things um, we like to share in our Certified Scrum Professional Program is the information from Dan and Chip Heath, Switch, mm-hmm. if, if you've had a chance to read that or watch the videos. I know Christian likes to watch videos instead of read books. I listen to the audio. <laughs> but um, the Heaths aren't even talking about Scrum or Agile. They're just talking about leadership enabling change in organizations. Now, it happens to align with what we're trying to do in Scrum and Agile, so we love that. But the Heaths talk about the lack of leaders in terms of shaping the path, right? Directing the rider. And if they don't give people measurable goals and objectives, it is perceived that people are resisting change when they're not, they just don't know what the goal and objective is and they don't know how to change. That's where, you know, it, I listened or listened to, yeah. General McChrystal's team of teams. Mm Mm-hmm. And in it, he talks about you can't empower people without clarity. And that, to me, is what you're saying is leaders are able to at least, it doesn't have to be crystal clear, but at least here's the direction we're headed. Here's the goal. Here's the idea. Here's how long we're going to try it. Here's when we're going to inspect. Here's the things that if it's working, we would be seeing. Here's the things that if we see, we know it's not. And empowerment by itself is dangerous. You've got to, well, that, this also pulls in David Marquet, you know, is, is start with rice, not the reactor. You can't just give somebody keys to a nuclear reactor and say you're empowered. It's it's you have to start with something that they're able to do. Is it clear? And if they're resisting, it's not because they don't want to. It's usually because they don't understand, which means there's not clarity. Well, and I like um, the adage the Heaths mention. If you make the structural changes, if the leaders invest in shaping the path and making those structural changes, the behavioral changes come for free. Yeah. But when we don't do that then it's always perceived as people problems. And that's where you started in our conversation. It's like, oh, it's people problems. It's like, well, wait a minute. Is it really? Or is it just that they don't know what the goal and objective is? And that's the leader's job. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, and then, you know, you get these people who say, well, I couldn't, I can't ask them. I can't ask them questions. It's like, you fear your leaders? Why do you work there? then why, why are they your leader? Right. <laughs> it's just like, you understand what you're, what you're coaching us to do would get us fired. Then why do you work here? Right. That, that's not a bad thing. I talked to a graduate of ours yesterday who is talking about taking a job just to get out of the toxic environment they're in. And I'm like, why is that a bad thing? You know, that, that can be the most liberating thing for you mm-hmm. and for them. Yeah. Right. And if you're not happy, get out of there. So these, you know, these leaders that just read an article in Gartner or hear a buzzword, Agile, you know, and, and, or think that, oh, if I just buy a tool, well, we bought an Agile tool, so we're Agile now. Well, that has nothing to do yep. with agility. Do you think it's because with leaders, it's, you know, as you get promoted in organizations, you tend to get promoted on how well you do something. And the, the higher up you get, the less tangible things you can point to. So they tie to that. They try to get something that they, well, I, I reworked. That's a physical change I made. Or it, it's hard to measure these things and show your effect. Almost similar like a scrum master. I don't think it's it's all or nothing. I don't think it's that straightforward either because one of the things I will say, depending on what type of organization it is, what do we know for sure? Let's give your leader the benefit of the doubt. Because as you start getting into the C-suite 
<clears throat> or a vice president level, let's say it's a publicly traded company, a totally different animal yep. than a privately held <clears throat> company. So in a publicly traded company, you've got shareholders, right? There may be a board of directors. You do not know what is in that CEO's agreement. Yeah, you don't know what's incenting them. And, and sometimes uh, it's better for that CIO, CEO, fill in the blank, you know, CXO. Sometimes they have a golden parachute. Sometimes they have a get out of jail free card. You know, they have to meet a certain objective by a date. Otherwise they're out. Yeah. And um, if they are given any kind of stock or any kind of incentive that way, you don't know. For example, publicly traded company, you and I both spent a lot of time with that shall remain nameless so we don't get sued. But prior to going on site, I had done my homework and I saw because they're publicly traded, they were divesting assets. They yeah. were selling yep. off divisions left and right. And so as I was in this leadership workshop with all the mid-level managers right, and you know, all the yabbits are flying and they're you know blaming up and saying, well, I'm sure they want this to succeed. I'm quite certain they want us to succeed. And I said, are you sure about that? Do you How know do that you know? for sure? How do you know? What's the goal? What's the objective? What's the measurable goal? And they couldn't articulate it. But I said, what do those leaders stand to gain if this division is sold? Because that was the thing they all started talking about. If we don't succeed, we will be sold. Maybe that is the goal. Maybe that's the goal. And they all looked at me like, oh uh -oh. my God. Rush up the resume. <laughs> Time to get out in the street. So sometimes you don't know. No. Sometimes, you know, until we ask the direct question, we, we're just making assumptions. We're just telling ourselves a story we want to believe. So we want to ask questions. And that's why a measurable, tangible goal or objective takes care of that. It's not personal. No. It's just business. Yep. And if it is fear-based... I always say, in addition to why do you want to work there, let's again give benefit of the doubt. Okay, what leader would be upset with you if you came to them and said, mm -hmm. I want to meet goals and objectives. I do. I want to meet our goals. I'm super confused yeah. because you told me one thing and then you told me something that contradicts exactly yeah, what changed? you just told me. Yeah. I had that happen early in my career. I uh, went into, uh, at the time, a couple levels above me and uh, just had a heart to heart. And uh, after we got done talking, he's like, thank you for coming in here. He's like, was it hard for you to come in here? I'm like, yeah, it is. He's like, why? I'm like, because you're Mr. XYZ. You're on the box on the org right. chart that scares and, everybody. <laughs> and to your point, he was pretty much begging for things like that to happen. He wanted more of that. And he was struggling with why can't people come in and talk to me like you just did? You know, why does it take a life changing event in your life to come in and, you know, have that conversation with me? And I, I said, cause you're the boss, right? That's, that's some of what we mm -hmm. tell ourselves. We assume, you know, so for those folks saying that I'm afraid of my leader, that's might be self-inflicted, nothing they ever did. Totally. And one you of know. the leaders we do have the pleasure of naming George LaBelle, happy retirement, George. Um, he would say to me, well, does that mean I have to stop talking to people? And I'm like, quite the opposite. Talk more. Talk more. But I said, I want you to clarify. So if you go approach somebody, because what people were taking the words that came out of his mouth as, they were, they were all acting like they were deputized. 
right? He could say, isn't it a beautiful day out? And they would all be killing each other to be the one to raise the blinds, you know, so he could see the sunny day. <clears throat> and, and so people were saying, well, he told me to do this. And he's like, I did not. I was looking for information. Then I want you to say that. So you go ahead and go do your drive-bys. You go talk to people because you want that information. Because mm -hmm. if they're not coming to you and you want it, but I want you to start the conversation with, hey, Christian, I'm just looking for some information here. Have the conversation and then close it with, now, I didn't ask you to do anything, but thank you for the information. Yeah. Just, so they just walk to, away with clarity. Absolutely clarify that, yeah. right? Because otherwise that, that ego thing works both ways. You know, it's not just... Harvey Robbins says it too. One-sided. Like, Tell people how to interpret what you're about to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. One of your favorite topics is um, time slicing, is the context switching. Oh, yeah. And one of the things we hear people blame their leaders for is not allowing teams to be dedicated or focused like almost any Agile method asks for. And they don't understand. And they think this shared services, which doesn't work with Scrum or Agile kids, let's just be clear, there's no such thing as shared services. Um, and what they don't understand is the damage it's doing and how contradictory yeah. it is to the goal. That, that's probably one of my favorite two slides to cover is, is that context switching, the math behind why we can get twice the value in half the time because of just the sheer loss of productivity when you are jumping between multiple, multiple projects. And if we don't shift the mindset or shift that structure, we see people just spin up scrum teams like they do projects. And then they assign Angela to three different scrum teams. And then it's the same thing. There's no, there's no uptick because there's no focus. Angela would quit. Angela would quit. She would, she would yeah, say no. Yeah. It's, it, we're, we're really, that comes back to his priority and that's what we need from leaders. Tell us the priority and everything can't be one. Well, and you go to the math, of course, because that's you. So you go to the numbers. I'm a recovering math major. And, so and geek knows. out on that. And it's not that that's not cool because the analyticals will do the same thing. They right. will gravitate towards the data. I'm the people geek on the team. So I go the other way. And what I say to leaders, well, you put Christian on three projects. Yeah. And I can't get any information. Well, you've given him a built-in excuse. Yeah. What do you mean? This one wants me. No, that one wants me. No, this one wants Christian, me. Christian, where are we at with project yeah. A? Oh, I'm sorry. I was working on project B. Yep. Well, Christian, where are we on project B? Oh, I'm sorry. I popped back over to A. I said, you gave him now, a, a built in excuse. He now has plausible deniability and best of luck to you, Mr. and Ms. Leader with getting any sort of transparency. Well, how do I do that? No excuses thing. Well, I'm so glad you asked. It's real easy. Project dedicate, A is number one. <laughs> dedicate the team, order the work. Yeah. Project A is first, project yep. B is second. And then you start seeing that pay off. But until they actually try it, yeah. they're, they're never going to. You know, that. when we talk about priority for leadership, uh, seen it where they're just always behind. So it's really just date driven, you know, and then we've seen at this particular place, I'm thinking of where they got ahead of that because they embraced this as intended. And then the leaders were caught flat footed when, uh, when they were asked, what do you want to do? Because they had no way of prioritizing. They had no method. And that was just scrum revealing to them going, we need to change how we prioritize. Cause it's, we're actually caught up. Now we have a runway and where do we want to go? Which creates a whole new pucker effect for a leader. Yeah. And, and, and that's where I talk about, you know, leaders and teams working together, you know, let's give leaders a break. 
sometimes it's hard to make a decision because if I make the wrong decision, then it might be a bad thing. And then I've got to worry about layoffs and nobody wants to be a leader when layoffs happen. Unfortunately, that's kind of how we do things in companies. It seems to be a balance sheet effect. And so why don't we work with the team? What do you want to do leader? I don't know. Uh, is there anything that could help you decide? What about this? Well, could you get me that data? I don't know. Let's see if these teams can do that. So they run their experiment. They run their sprint. They come back with data. Leader sees that data. What do you think now? Well, I didn't know you could get that data. Neither did we. Do you want to decide? Actually, now that I see this data, can you get me that? Yeah. And we just keep doing that until... Adapt. We, Transparency. Right? Inspect. Adapt. Until we hopefully have enough time or money or, or maybe we run out of time and money. We just have to pick. But at least it involves the people who are going to be impacted. Well, and so what we like to recap with when people say, what do we need to do, right? To be a more credible, agile leader. What are the things we need to do? Set measurable goals and objectives, right? So set, set the tone, shape the path, dedicate teams, order their work. Yep. And, and I add to that, if, to, if it's struggle to set the path, get help, talk. Right. Talk to people. Involve the people on the ground. That might be too advanced mm. for some organizations because, uh, you know, talking to each other <laughs> is is something that people go to great lengths to avoid with their we, documents. We talked about that yesterday in our mechanics talk where we said, you know, people run to mechanics because then it, it almost creates the problem. But I have to remind people talking. it's really advanced. Yeah. Just we're going to talk, gonna to, talk to each other. So <laughs> what? it's an advanced technique. Credible agile leaders um, can also help themselves by stopping the use of unnecessary phrases like, we're going agile, stop going agile, start being agile. Right. 